0: You are listening to Crosstalk, a safe place to discuss addiction, recovery, harm reduction, and everything in between. Support for this podcast comes from the Kentucky Opioid Response Effort and Advocates of Recovery. Content and production by the team at Turning Point Recovery Community Center. Now, buckle up and
1: get ready for the show. Welcome everyone to Crosstalk Recovery, the recovery podcast that supports all forms of recovery. I'm Matt Lewis, and I'm here with...
2: Garrett Hunt.
0: Jake Finley. David Stokes.
1: Welcome, guys. Uh, This is going to be fun. Uh, I had these guys on today because we talk about, you know, we support all forms of recovery and we've yet to do a podcast on faith-based recovery. And these guys uh, all went through Lifeline and I know them because we all go to church together. And we serve through a community outreach there called Matt 25. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I've gotten to know them and watch them grow and their success stories in recovery. And, you know, I went through Centerpoint, so my path was different. But we all are, you know, in recovery and we're all Christians and we're all trying to work to better the community and better ourselves so I just wanted to have these guys on man to talk about their experience going through lifeline and uh, you know us working together in the community outreach so Garrett tell us a little bit about your
2: how you got there and where you are now (laughs) um well yeah so I went through about an eight-year drug addiction um and what really started is I lost my identity after I lost my baseball um and then I started just chasing all kinds of substances and things out there um eventually that led me to two meth possession charges because that's what you do right when you're in drug addiction you get possession charges um yeah so, <laughs> so i got two of those uh went to jail for about two and a half months and then after that i went to lifeline um i got saved there probably about two months after i was there um and then the lord just gave me a fire and and just like made me new after that and so you know i've been uh serving with matt 25 and and serving Uh, probably since January 2019 um, a big thing that recovery always talks about is like you got to put into it you know you got to go and serve you got to give back um, and so I really took hold of that and wanted to give back and I actually started first serving at Lifeline as uh, uh, a teacher and then I went to River City Mission to start going with them out there with Matt 25 and so that's kind of how I got to where I'm at now I'm a youth pastor and Married with kids, and so recently ordained. Recently ordained, yes, sir. Pretty and, cool. Yeah, so it's been a it's been a fun journey. So yeah, that's awesome, man. What about you, Jake? Hey,
3: man, uh, well, I uh started really young in a uh, addiction to drugs. Really young in school, middle school. Uh, went on all through my twenties, into my early thirties. Uh, done a few really long stints in jail. And uh, the judge agreed to let me go to Lifeline, which was a uh, first recovery center I've ever been to And the last one. Uh, I didn't have to do it twice. We'll get into that later. But, uh, <laughs> hey, sometimes hey, it takes, takes what yeah, it takes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just a long life of drug addiction. And uh, really, at the end of the day, I was just trying to get out of jail, and it, and it worked. So... Uh, I ended up at Lifeline. I had like a really, being into the Bible and prayer and all that good stuff a, a few years before Lifeline, so I had a good little foundation. So when I got there, it really uh, really uh, caught fire. But, uh, yeah, that's how I got to Lifeline.
1: Yeah, and Jake and I are currently roommates. Well, currently he's, roommates. he's moving out. Yeah. Almost moved out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which has been fun getting to know you that way. Uh-huh. Um, what about you, David? Um, so I had about a
0: 20-year drug addiction, uh, drugs and alcohol, and it kind of of euphoria. Um, just uh, suffered from trauma as a kid and it just, you know, always tried to numb my pain and everything. And so I was in and out of jail, you know, for the past 20 years. Uh, had a failed marriage. Um, and then I ended up Catching some charges uh then me going to prison. Um I did 39 months in prison. Got out and I was wanting to do the right thing, you know, be on the straight and narrow. But one thing uh I was godless. I was raised an atheist. I didn't believe in God, didn't know the Lord. And then when I I got some more charges and went back to jail, I was going to have to face another 5 to 10 and I got the chance to go to Lifeline and well, I'd cried out to the Lord in my cell months before I'd got that chance. When I started getting the Bible and started developing a relationship, I'd, <clears throat> I'd studied the Bible before because I was agnostic, I guess. I knew there was something, but I didn't know what. Uh, it just had never caught hold of me until, until then when I was in my lowest and I started delving into it. And then I got that call to go to Lifeline and so I went there, and immediately it was all that love was poured into me, and the word was just grabbing at my heart. Mm-hmm. And the more that I dove into it, the the more things started opening up for me. And then I became saved there, and then I wanted to give give back to recovery. And so, like after I finished Lifeline, I started working there, um, facilitating class, and then. I joined Matt 25 through our church, a uh, community outreach program that we do to River City Mission and Lifeline. Yep. Um, and just my heart is for to try to help people in recovery, just be able to show God's light through me um, and just help people out.
1: Yeah, amen. Was that also your first recovery center? Or you... uh,
0: well, no, I actually am the second uh, participant of Lifeline. I went through it in 2014. Uh, no, 2012, um, but I did it for the wrong reasons. I did it for my ex-wife. Um, she was going through recovery, and says, you do this, or we're not going to be together. You know, so I did that, and it wasn't. I I didn't have God in my life. I just <coughs> faked it till I made it. You know, but I didn't make it.
1: So, yeah. so you've been through Lifeline twice, twice, and that that's it. Yeah. And how many? Did you go through twice? Did you? no? I, I went through. <laughs> Lifeline was my first and last rehab. So okay. Wow. Yeah, Centerpoint was my first and, and last as well. And, you know, I think it's, what do you guys think was, well, I was going to ask, what do you guys think was different about Lifeline than, that made that work? But I guess it it's just that you found God there and got saved. You know, I know that's, personally, that's what worked for me at Centerpoint. I know it's a different program, uh, you know, AA-based. And I don't know that I would have been as open because when I got to when I got to Centerpoint, I was I had a big chip on my shoulder, and I was blaming mm-hmm. God for everything. I was raised in church; my dad was a pastor, and you know I had strayed from that. I said I told people now that I it was my thirty years in the madness was uh, about a crisis of faith. Really, I, right. I lost faith. I didn't know what to believe. I didn't want to believe what was forced down my throat my whole childhood, mm-hmm. and tried to go my own way, and then I blamed God for all the things that happened to me after that, you know? And so when I got to center point, uh, I was, you know, I was not happy with God and I didn't want, I wasn't open to that at that point. Mm -hmm. And it was through like, but being open to doing something different and wanting to live again and like never going to treatment before. I was like, well, I'm here. It was COVID. I was like, there's nothing else going on. Right. right? So I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity and, try to see if something here sticks. And it was Mm -hmm. through that process of working the steps and becoming open-minded and that I reconnected with God. And then it was like, okay, I realize now that it was all my decisions and my actions and my lack of faith that had led down that path. It wasn't anything that God had done. Um,
2: Did you have like an aha moment? When everything just kind of clicked back for you? Do you well, not, you I mean,
1: one? I had an aha moment in the program, like on step six, where, I, where it's like, okay, it's the, the spiritual principle behind step six is willingness. And I was like, okay, I was, I had been willing for years to be sober, but I hadn't been willing to put forth any action into it. Right. And so when that clicked, it was like, I have to put forth the action. And, you know I'd started getting in the word while I was in there and I'd started we were in lockdown so I didn't get to go to church but I'd started doing like a daily in the word meditation and prayer like yeah uh, and when I was in blues which is when you first get there you have to wear blue pants for uh, like a week before and they come back and they speak to you every night giving you experience strength and hope and it was like the suggestion was given many times just hit your knees and pray for 2 weeks and see what happens mm-hmm. right and you know, at first I was extremely resistant to that and I did I was worried about what other people would think of me yeah. if I actually took that suggestion. And but you know, I was like, I have to be willing to try something because if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this, I gotta, you know, I've gotta come back to it. Find a way back to God, find something that works because what I've been I've been doing for the last thirty years had not been working. So I started hitting my knees and praying and things started changing for the better and I just kept staying in the Word and growing on that. And once I graduated, I started going to Faith Center and got baptized and just have got stayed connected and got, got involved. Like, I, I work here. I stayed working in recovery, trying to give back and help people because mm-hmm. that's what the program of AA teaches me. But also, that's based off the book of James from the Bible. So I just... Continue to learn and grow, you know, it's a growing process. I got three years sober next week, and, you know, I enjoy serving through Matt 25. I think that was a big thing, like, because I knew that was the one thing that I was kind of lacking as a Christian was the fellowship with other Christians, Mm -hmm. so like getting involved in that, volunteering with that, and doing that not for pay, not for anything, but other than to form relationships with you guys and to try and help other people out of the kindness of my heart because that's what I believe God wants us to do. You know, a loving God wants us to love everyone. And um, so once I start doing that, it just keeps growing and it keeps getting better. So I'm not going to stop doing it. We'll be right back.
3: Hey y'all, did you know it's illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland because they get lonely? Here at Turning Point, we don't want you to ever be lonely either. That's why we're open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Always feel free to come hang with our friendly staff and don't forget your guinea pig. We're located at 415 Broadway Street, downtown Paducah. Did you know that recovery from substance use disorder and mental health go hand in hand? That is why the caring and compassionate mental health professionals at Four Rivers Behavioral Health in Paducah are here to help you find your balance. They are proud of you for making the changes necessary to live a healthier life, and would love to see you reach your full potential. Give them a call at 270-442-7121 or stop by the downtown location at 425 Broadway in Paducah, Kentucky.
2: Now that's right, that's one thing I love about when I got to Lifeline. The thing I noticed the most about it was the community and the sense of brotherhood that everyone Mm -hmm. had there because you had to go through those phases and everything three months in first phase, three months in second phase, three months in third phase, all that good stuff. And you built a real deep relationship with the guys there as well. And you wanted to see them do good. And then, um, you know, I was in kind of the same boat as you, is like I've done something this way that my entire life or like the past eight years of my life since I was 18 and I wanted to do something different And if I was there I might as well just do something different um, and it was my second day at lifeline out of jail that I felt something tugged me to the chapel on top of the hill up there and I had an experience that just set my heart on fire um, and I got saved two months later and then you know it's like man I've been blind my whole life you know, um, yeah. and I want to do, I want to do something different. Like the love and the community was the first thing to let me know that this is real, to open my mind, to open my heart to, to something bigger than myself. Cause I was agnostic as, as well. I was searching, I, I guess I would say I was like a searcher of truth, you know, but I was searching for searching around what's true, what's the, what's true, blah, blah. And then finally found a uh, truth and, and it's changed my life forever, you know, and, um, it's been it's been amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean it, it is life changing.
1: You know, that that was the same experience to me. Like it's that brotherhood. I came in there, you know, my first time in going to a rehab and I didn't know what to expect. I thought it would be more like jail. I was used to jail. Like you know, yeah. I wasn't used to guys coming up, hugging me, telling me yeah. they love me in jail. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Weirdo so, you know, we talk about that all the time. That's what it, it was a slow process for me because the the whole higher power thing, and you know, I, I, for me, it was like at first, I was like willing to say that the higher power was the the brotherhood, like seeing other people in there mm-hmm. that were willing to change their life, to be able to laugh again for the first time in a long yeah, time. That the was thing huge. that we always, a lot of people always talk mm-hmm. about is that. And then it was the the program that I saw people who was working in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw people's life change the people who were peer mentoring or the people who ran the place, you know, uh, like Max Grantham was a, a huge yeah, inspiration to me. And then, you know, slowly but surely, it changed into like, OK, you have to do this for yourself. And I was able to, like, make amends to God and realize that, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't his fault and. It was me, and I needed to change some things. And through that process, you know, God became my higher power. But it took me a minute to get there. And, you know, I've seen guys come into that program, agnostic, odinist, mm-hmm. atheists and completely change their lives yeah. in there, you know, uh, and find God. Um, you know, different things work for different people. And honestly, like, I'd, I'm there to try and keep them alive so they can figure out what works. That's what we do here at Turnpoint. And it's about, you know, everybody has different pathways to recovery. And this is ours. And this is what works. And I know, like, that's that's what it was for me. It was when, like, after I got to six, I kind of, like, you know, scanned my way through those first steps. Uh, but when I got to six and in that aha moment, I was like, I went back and, like, really thoroughly went through those. And step three Uh, being willing to completely turn your will and life over to God. Mm. Like that is something that I take seriously and have to do daily because I'll start to take back the wheel. You know, think that I've actually done something Mm. Uh, like we were talking about earlier. I try to stay as humble as possible because (laughs) none of this, nothing I do is possible without God in my life. You know, and I have, you know, I should be dead or I should Mm -hmm. be locked up in jail for my whole life it's only by the grace of God I'm alive and out here. And that's why I always say, I said it on the last last podcast, you know, I can use all that to help someone else. And then it's not for nothing, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Um, for the obedience that I've been given to the Lord,
0: the, the blessings and the grace that comes with it. um, It's just like everything in my life has changed. Like I, didn't love myself. I didn't love other people. I didn't know how. Like, and then getting the love of the Lord and the brotherhood that you you that you find mm-hmm. at Lifeline. The, your your brotherhood, your phases that you go through. Like, we had the largest graduating class in about five years, and you have oh. th- three phases a year, um, three classes a year, and we had the largest graduating class. And the ones left <clears throat> that are still sober. Like, I have a close relationship with them, but I can count them on these two hands. And we had, like, 24 that graduated. But those brotherhoods that we built, they should, as long as they and me, myself, are obedient to God and are willing to do the work for recovery, um, I mean, those friendships and relationships are going to last forever.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I've had some troubles with... People that I went through the phase with, I had a roommate that he slipped off not long after we got out of the program, and it was really hard living with somebody that was, you know, in not in sobriety, mm-hmm. and you know, it was very difficult for me. Um, and then that friendship is totally deteriorated. We don't talk. Um, you know, he moved out and doing his own thing, and we just we have nothing together now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But as I was saying that. Being obedient and just saying yes to God for everything. Uh doing the next right thing. Just everything keeps opening up in my life. I keep getting these <clears throat> these opportunities that just keep growing me as a person and helping allowing me to help others and it's all because of him and, and everything is owed to him. I just
1: gotta keep saying yes to him.
2: Mm. That's good. Yeah.
1: Very true. Yeah, we have to keep saying yes. I know that, um, like I said, like turning my own life over to God is a daily process. And Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I think I struggled with, and a lot of people struggle with, was well, what is God's will? Because I don't always clearly hear what He's saying to me, you Mm -hmm. know. And He speaks to me in different ways through the Word, through other people, Um, you know. And it's just being willing to keep like that. What I heard in treatment all the time. I don't know if you guys hear it out there. It's like stay in position, trust the process. Yes, uh, yes. All those easy does it, all those yeah. things that you get sick and tired <laughs> of hearing. Yeah. Uh, Little slips know. lead to big, big falls. Yeah. I read something the other day that I didn't hear in treatment, but I thought it was cool. Hit your knees before you uh, fall on your knees before you fall on your face. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like I that was a oh, good no, I me, mean, Yeah. <laughs> um but it's that just continuing to trust God, you mm-hmm. know, when you're when that's what you're doing, when you're turning your will and your life over <clears> to <throat> him, not everything's gonna be us as alcoholics and acts, we want everything immediately. We want what we want and we want it now. You know, we're yeah. you know, if we don't get it, we're gonna go get it. That's how we always were, we're go steal it, that's how I was. So, you know, uh it's having to learn patience, mm-hmm. you know, and you know through that finding peace and purpose mm-hmm. and like i said i really enjoy what we do we go out to river city mission and i thought that was a uh, cool thing david you said you you gave your lead out there and some of your time in the madness you were spent at river city mission and now you go out there and serve mm-hmm. yes yeah it's it, pretty wild it is and it's a <clears throat> i'm not sure
0: if humbling is the is the word that i'm looking for here but yes to be able to go back you know 20 years or 15 years later my first son who just turned 16 he was born while we lived there so it's been 16 years and um yeah from living there and not being able to support myself being in the madness and then going back 16 years later a completely new man um and being able to help people out there and just give my heart to them and just try to show them love and and try to be a light for them like look hey i was in your exact same position right here and it just give yourself to God and, and put in the work and, you know, you can pull yourself out of where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like it, he'll pull you out of there. You don't pull yourself out. He'll pull you out of there.
1: <laughs> and uh, that's another thing we do through Matt 25 is we go out to lifeline once a month and we take a uh, dessert and we play games as just a way for them to have some fun, a little break from their normal curriculum. I guess it is out there. Um, and I enjoyed being a part of that, you know. Uh, a lot of the guys I came through, or several of the guys I came went through treatment with work out there
2: now. Um, so it's a blessing, man, to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I would like to go back to the thing, y'all, we're talking about with just trusting God is, you know, I'll, I'm sober almost five and a half years now. And, um, you know, you get so far separated from your old lifestyle. Like, I still remember and think about the times that I was in the madness. But now, like, on this side of things, five and a half years separated from that, that's a lot of time to grow and everything um, and and to be away from that drug addiction. And so then I've moved into a new part of my life where it's like I'm not trusting – I trust God that he's going to keep me on the right path to where I don't go back and do meth. But also it's like now I'm trusting God on raising my children and being a good husband and being a good son to a mom that I – like drove to a point of just jumping off the cliff, essentially, you know, and um, that's a whole lot of that's a whole lot of stuff for me now when it comes to my testimonies. Like God does all these things after He pulled me out that I have to learn to trust on Him daily. You know, when I look at the bank account, and I'm like, okay, I know my calendar says we got multiple bills coming out within the next few few days, like it's going to be, it's going to be tight, but I trust the Lord will provide for it. You know, I'm trusting the Lord that because my trucks went over 200,000 miles that it's not going to blow up anytime soon, (laughs) you know? Um, and it's cool how your trust like shifts from, I trust that I'm not going to go back to where I'm, where I went from that or where I came from. I trust that God's going to keep me on this path, but now I trust that God's going to continue to grow me, and, and help me live out that great commandment, just to love him and love people. And that's our purpose, you know. Yes. Um, and so it's really cool. I remember the, uh, a time in Lifeline, I was in second phase. Um, I just started to work. I was working at Viwin Tech with a few other guys, and uh, it was a Friday, um, about 75 degrees outside, bright blue sky. Just got off work. It's got a nice breeze. Listen, like, <laughs> seasons... Can take me back, okay, mm. and and days like that can take me back. And I just got paid; I have like nine hundred and fifty dollars in my hand, and it's a bright, nice, beautiful day. I tell you what, that was one of the biggest struggles I ever faced in in my sobriety when it comes to falling back because I felt good. I was like, I can begin to trust myself in this process. You know what, Garrett's got a job now; uh, he's got a he's got some people that'll give him a ride. You know, blah blah, yeah. blah that kind of stuff. But then I had to come back to a point of, like, well, remember where you just came from. Like, you're five months out of jail. You need to, you need to chill out, Garrett. You don't have it. Um, and so I had to learn, like, hey, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to continue to do the things I got to do by loving others and doing what's right in front of me. And he'll bring me through it. You know, he'll bro- lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. Um, you know, we got to go through it sometimes. But that was one of the biggest struggles I've ever faced was getting a – A paycheck a nice day thinking i had it all together all that good stuff we'll be right back hello everybody you want to know something
0: my biggest issue with meetings is despite their name they're never about me here at turning point all of our meetings are for you and about you we have meetings at least three times a day seven days a week we are located at 415 broadway Paducah, kentucky call 270-444-3621 for more information
1: One thing I have always wondered is who put the alphabet in alphabetical order. At Turning Point, our goal is to help you put your life back in order. If you struggle or have struggled with substance use disorder and are in need of help, come see us at 415 Broadway Street, Paducah, Kentucky, or call 270-444-3621 and sign up for peer support services with one of our friendly staff who have lived experience with addiction. Hope to see you soon. Yeah, I mean those those little triggers are real. I had one not even too long ago. It wasn't like a real desire to use, but it was Memorial Day. We were uh, I was working outside. We were working on getting this van together, our outreach van that we got down here. <laughs> And it was Nothing Memorial like Day. The trigger. Yeah, well, I mean, I was like working at Tony Point. I'm usually in the office behind a desk. You know, some days I'd rather just be out digging a ditch, like doing <laughs> yeah. man work. Man but, work. Uh, but you know, we were out putting this van together, renovating the inside of it. It's Memorial Day, beautiful day, hot, sweaty. I get off work, you know, same thing, sunny breeze. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, a beer would be great, right? Yeah. Now. Uh, but you know, that's fleeting thoughts and I know where that will take me uh, all the way you're back to doing the, the yeah. one beer will never be enough. You know, right. I got um, plans
2: for Christmas. Don't right. need a drink today. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh,
1: exactly. So, but yeah, trusting God in that. Like I, I liken it to I don't worry like I used to worry. And for a long time, the way I dealt with my worrying and anxiety was I drank or used through it and just numb myself and, didn't think about it or feel mm-hmm. any of it, right? Yeah. And now I, like, look at it like I'm drunk in the spirit because I still don't worry or think about or too worry about too much. Mm-hmm. I trust and leave it to God and have faith in him. Now, I know we, it requires action. It requires me doing stuff. God's given me the tools to do, you know, right. do things, to work, to provide for myself, uh, you know, and I have to continue to seek him and be willing to grow. But... I don't stress about things, and it, it's exactly like we are saying, staying humble and realize I'm not doing anything except what he's allowed me and made me able to do, Right, you know, and that's, that's what I believe.
2: So. And anything outside of your calling is on your own strength, and then yeah. we know what happens on our own strength. Yeah. We fall down. <laughs> Can't really get back up. Like, need a life alert. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right.
0: Yeah, t- talking about uh, your calling and you mentioned purpose earlier, and then mm-hmm. coming out of addiction and just getting in into being a Christian and you know being a new brother in Christ, not knowing what your calling is, not knowing what your purpose, and or you have an idea of what it's going to be, but then like I said, all these opportunities are presented to me, and I know they're they're God opportunities, and then I'm like, are you sure this is what you want me to do, Lord? <laughs> Okay, here mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it, but this is not who I am. But, but that's that trust, and I just give myself yeah. to him, and
2: and everything's gonna work out. And I think just, that was one of the biggest things for me too. Is like I didn't have an identity or purpose going into to Lifeline or anything. I had no idea what I was gonna do. I was just like you mentioned earlier, just trusting the process. Like I've seen it work. They tell us the percentage. 63%, you know, are sober a year after they graduate. And I was like, that's pretty good odds. If we're playing baseball, that's like double Hall of Fame, you know. Um, but Lifeline and my relationship with the Lord gave me a, a purpose again. It gave me an identity again that I didn't have to worry about who I was going to be or, like, what I was going to do so that others thought I was something. It was just like, this is what God says about me. And I can now live a life that's, like, redeemed, restored, Um and loving others. And I think for me, it was just so big to have a sense of purpose and a sense of identity again. Cause I made mention that I lost my whole identity. So I didn't know who I was anymore. Um, and, yeah. and Christ gave me that. Yeah.
1: I, I was the same way. I didn't know who I was when I got, I mean, when you use drugs and alcohol to deal with every situation, whether it be social or, I mean, that's every negative or positive thing that happened in your life to the point where you had to use it, all day every day to just even function. You don't you don't have an identity outside of that, no, you know? No. And I didn't I didn't know what life was going to look like sober. I used that it was going to be boring as an excuse not to get sober <laughs> yeah. for a long time, which you know, life sober has been anything but boring. Yeah. yeah. Um it's a roller coaster. It's, it's been, been yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it's like right learning to love myself who I am in Christ, who I am as a person, what mm-hmm. my purpose is still trying to figure out what that is but just being humble and doing the next right thing and moving forward and like I said trusting him
2: yeah you know? it's good
0: finding uh, how to have fun sober it was something that we all had to do and because mm-hmm. uh, none of us ever had fun like without drugs or alcohol involved we thought it was fun for yeah. a little while right. yeah, but, it, yeah it, it wasn't this fun this great yeah but, <laughs> but to actually experience what real fun is now Mm-hmm. Um, and enjoy God's beauty of the world. And I know we share similar interests in, with nature and the things that we do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, getting out there and just being a part of his creation and just taking it in and enjoying, you know, the natural fun that comes along with it, like mm-hmm. the work that you put in and just being out there and, and the elements. And, I mean, sober fun is the best fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: You remember it. I mean, I know the first yeah. couple of concerts, sober, I was like, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> like I- Bobby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like I used to have, I'm supposed to have a beer here or right. something, right? And uh, But I, was, I didn't get kicked out. I, rem- I got to see the band I went to see. <laughs> <You> know, I <laughs> uh, remembered the whole thing. Right. And it's those things like, I'm lucky that I had a bunch of hobbies, like art and music and stuff that I just abandoned throughout my addiction, but that now I was able to like find those and use those, spending time in nature, got into climbing, you know, I bowl with fellowship with other brothers in recovery every week, things like that. But I think we had a conversation that one day at Earth City Mission, like, I don't know, what lots of guys come through mm-hmm. treatment, like, I don't know what I like to do, all I ever did was get high. And I always, I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you know, it's wide
2: open, try everything. Try everything. You're going to like something, you know? Yeah, I remember um, um, one of the, the first, so the first pass, you got a four-hour pass, and so I went to the mall that day. Um, and when I walked in, I was walking in with another guy at Lifeline. I was like, "So is this what you do sober for fun? Like, is this what we do?" You know. And it was, I said those words, and I started to like contemplate what I said later that night. And I was like, "I don't know what I like to do." You know. And five and a half years later, I'm still still discovering stuff that I like to do and and uh, trying new things because spent so long getting high, and playing video games, um, and that's all I did. You know, it's like, what does Garrett like to do? I don't know. I'm going to have to try everything. let go and do and be, and um, luckily, I love to read the word, and God's called me to be a pastor, and so when someone's like, what do you like to do for fun, Garrett? I'm like, I read the Bible a lot, like every day for a couple hours. And they're like, okay, so what else? And I'm like, well, I have a toddler, so... Kind of takes up a whole That'll lot of time, you Busy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, search, finding what, what you like to do and, and, uh, what makes you happy again is, is an important part of the process that if you don't, if you don't give attention to finding out what you like to do, then you might just go back to the same thing that you've always done, you know? But yeah, it's,
1: I think it's happiness is one thing, right? And having mm-hmm. fun is one thing. Yeah, uh, like like we said earlier, that there, there were moments of what we thought was happiness and sure. fun yeah. early on. I'm sure in in our addiction, but now I have what I consider joy, mm. which is yeah. I have fun serving. You know, yes. I have fun. Uh, you know. Praying in the morning. I have fun yeah. hanging out with you guys. I have fun going to Lifeline. I have fun working in recovery. I have fun trying to help people improve themselves and seeing the ones that the success stories yeah. like for me, that is fun. That's ultimate the joy of living a life mm-hmm. worth living today as opposed to an almost completely wasted life. Yeah. And, you know, sadly, we see. People's lives getting wasted all the time, all around us, uh, working in recovery, mm-hmm. and you know, I just, I just try to use that as fuel to keep doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, and and pray that the people passing and things like that will encourage someone else to get their life
2: together or you know mm-hmm. to double down on what they're doing. Yeah, that's, that's been one of the hardest things for me on this side of recovery is I've seen more death than I ever did in addiction, you know, and I don't know if it was because the fentanyl and everything wasn't running around as much or what it was, but I've seen more people OD and die, um, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention, you know, and right. um, it is it's it is a fuel. You see these you see these guys from Lifeline that passed away. My best friend, Cody Farley, he OD'd and died when he slipped and, and fell back into some addiction, and it's just more, it's like this fuel, and it, it drives a hate. Towards addiction for me that now that I'm teaching the youth I can I teach them with passion and, and show them examples of like this is what happens when you do these things and and you know it's always funny when I tell a bunch of 14 year olds uh, I used to do meth and they're like oh my gosh you know <laughs> like holy moly you know um, I was like it happens quicker than you think kids you know one day you're you're doing fine the next day your buddy that you've known for years is like hey man you want to do this and you're you've already been desensitized by Getting high with a few right. things, and then before you know it, you're twisted all the way up, and there you go, you know? So, yeah, I talk about that line that I had
1: drawn for myself at a young mm-hmm. age and how I continued to just jump over that line <laughs> yeah. every maybe chance that, that was put in front, in front of there. me. Yeah. Like, to the point where I was like, well, now I want to make sure that I haven't missed anything. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like,
2: that was the thinking. Uh, Absolutely. I Six. call myself a buffet user. Whatever I could do. Got a feel-good disease. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's all of us here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny.
1: Well, man, I, I'm glad you guys came on. I know that – I hope that we continue to grow in our relationship as friends. I know that we're going to uh, continue to try to help people, continue to trust God and grow. Uh, like I said uh, – just getting to know you guys in this short time has been awesome for me, and seeing the growth. You know, we do. A, I go to. We all go to Bible study together, and we've been talking about identity and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it's all about continuing to learn and grow and help mm-hmm. someone else. You know, that's that's what my purpose is today uh, to give back. So I really appreciate you guys coming on and Thank sharing you. a little experience, strength and hope, and about what God has done for you and uh, what you guys do, going through Lifeline was like. So absolutely thank you for thank you for having us on yeah Mm -hmm. check us out on youtube or listen to our audio versions on apple google spotify or podbean and as always stay grateful
0: if you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or in recovery and needs guidance speak with turning points team of peer support specialists by calling 270-444-3621 you are not alone and we are proof that recovery is possible
1: Jake,
3: yeah.
1: why'd you leave my tools in the driveway?
3: <laughs>
1: no, you know what? It's funny that your phone went off earlier with your lightsaber thing, because yeah, that's one it. thing we are all Star Wars fans, too. Yes, yeah. bunch of nerds. <laughs> nerds for Christ. Yes, 100%. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah.